Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And good morning, everybody. This is Alex with Undying Light, and I am back with another episode on the attributes of God. As been our uh, series that we've been running through May and now into most of June, and we'll continue into July. Uh, most of the episodes are already recorded at this point, and uh, so we are set to finish in at the end of July. And then we're going to transition into eschatology. So I started reading some books and getting commentaries put together. And we're going to do a long dive into the end of times. So very, very excited about that. So as been the usuals, uh, I have a wonderful guest with me today. And I am so happy that she was uh, able to join me. Where she's at, it's like pretty much still morning. So we had to... <laughs> You know, figure out some times and stuff. She's not really that far behind in time. But, uh, so, would you care to introduce yourself, mystery guest? Mr. Guest is right. Mr. I'm Mr. Chris. Mr. Oh, okay. Because I thought <laughs> not, not you're Mr. saying guest. I'm I mean, Chris you Roseboro. <laughs> Chris Roseboro. I got him on the show. I'm I'm I fancy now, everybody. <laughs> Hi, I'm Hasty Gomez. I run Biblical and Reformed on Instagram. And I'm a woman. <laughs> so, <laughs> make that clear to all of the people. Listening. I think. <laughs> For people who don't know what we're talking about, this is going to sound really weird, but I'm constantly confused with a guy for some reason. So, um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> constantly, it's almost at least once a week. Yeah. At minimum. Yeah. It, yeah. It's. It's become quite the inside joke in, in our little circle of people. And it's all the time you, you send a picture and they're just like, hey, thanks, bro. <laughs> yeah, sir and bro and Chris yeah. Roseboro and now recently David Platt. So, yeah, that was. Yeah. Uh, why? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, no matter what I do with my profile photos or my name or emojis that are girly, it doesn't matter. Apparently, I'm a dude. So we're just going to go with it. Yeah, and then you get uh, you even put stories up of like pictures with you and your kids, and, and it's just like 
I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't know. It's I'm a like, mystery. It is. And you know, the funny thing is, it's like on Instagram, you can really be, you can really distinguish who is male and who is female. Like, right. even, even if <laughs> they never show themselves, you're like, yeah, that page is totally ran by a girl just because of the way it's constructed. Men are total messy. There's no organization. And and women's profiles are usually clean and pretty. And there's, you know, rhyme and reason to what they do. Me, I just regurgitate crap. And I'm like, here you guys go. Deal with it. Uh, oh, my goodness. Love your page, by the way. Yes, thank you. You do a great job. Well, most of the time. Until until I get called racist and, and everything else for not, not a Christian. I've gotten that one in the last couple of weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, only because I, I stood up for, you know, a biblical view of, uh, you know, what what life means. And, yeah, people just oh, lose their mind. So, yeah. And yeah. as a precursor to everybody, too, to interrupt our, our flowing conversation, uh, my daughter is within <laughs> arm's reach of me. So you might Love hear her chirp, scream, and holler in the background, but uh, we're going to leave that in for just realness. Life of so. parents. Yes. yes, yes. Yeah, because considering, like, because you're two hours behind, um, like, when I'm going to bed, your evening is still, like, yeah. plowing through. And yeah. we aim to record this episode last week at, uh, like, Wednesday or Thursday, and I texted you, I was like... Well, it's six o'clock. Uh, are you ready? And you're like, no, it's only four. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm like, like, the kids, the dog, everyone's in the house. I don't know why. <laughs> it's, it, I'm like, so I was just like, you know what? Let's let's actually try to see if we can nail a time that's better. Because yeah, yeah, it just it gets challenging when you know. I know your husband works during the day. My wife works in the evenings, and so it's like, yeah, trying to pin everything down. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. It worked out today. Yes. Which is awesome. So I won't take up too much of your time, but we no. do have a topic to discuss, which is the reason I brought you on here. Mm-hmm. Not to just, you know, uh, shoot the wind for a while, even though I'm sure <laughs> I've done that on past episodes with people and people love it. I don't know why, but so as been the usual, uh, I have done a, I've given the ability to my guests to choose the topic at hand and they have selected some amazing attributes, and so have you. So what attribute did you choose, and why? Mm-mm. I chose God's mercy. Awesome. And, I mean, no, there's no attribute of God that's greater than the other one, but um, all the attributes of God is God. But I think sometimes, like, I guess some are needed more at times, right, in your mm. life, you feel. Oh. And I feel like the mercy of God has been what's what I've sensed more all yeah. throughout my life. He's been merciful and despite my my sinful ways. So but. <laughs> join the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just to give a pretext, um we do want to make sure we define what mercy means and then we'll look at it from a biblical perspective. And then really from there we're just gonna kind of talk about as we've been doing through the show, uh, this whole series, just a casual conversation, right? We're not doing an academic dive uh, into these uh, topics, even though they can be. Um, But I've really allowed the guests to kind of steer this boat. And we've had some fantastic conversations. And 
by the time this actually airs, and I don't know if you, you haven't listened to the episode yet because it's as we record, it hasn't launched yet. But I had Z on here, uh, Narrow is the Gate, and uh, she she was telling me before the show that she had seven pages of notes <laughs> written up for, for her topic. And I'll tell you, that is not unheard of, or, you know, especially when we get into these attributes, they are extensive. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, so we, we kind of joked about that in the episode a few times, you know, around her, you know, book size amounts of notes. But <laughs> so when we talk about mercy, the definition is to show compassion or forgiveness to towards somebody whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, a criminal, you know, is facing death penalty and the judge decides you know i'm gonna show this person mercy and mm-hmm. give them a lesser a, a, a sentence so the, the the prisoner receives some form of mercy they didn't get the full extent or mm-hmm. in some cases you know uh, removed from it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're pardoned pardoned mm-hmm. from your punishment it's just that you have received compassion now a biblical perspective is much different right god's mercy is his act of forgiveness towards us in light of our sins towards him so mm-hmm. god actually pardons our sins by his mercy towards mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. so i wanted to just to throw that out there but i know you said before we started recording that you had some notes so i'm going to see where you want to start and where our jumping off point will be hmm well yeah, as you were saying, mercy is basically God withholding the judgment that we deserve. And um, we all deserve hell. And, you know, we, we do not deserve to be saved by a loving and just and merciful God. But because he's merciful, he, um, he saves us. He saved us. And um, it's Ephesians 2. Four, seven, where it says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And I think so mercy is God withholding the judgment we deserve. And grace goes beyond that and gives us what we don't deserve, which is the righteousness and all the rights and privileges of being a child of God. So Yes. And, you know, we should also consider, too, that in God's mercy, we do understand that while he does show forgiveness towards his people, mm-hmm. those who he doesn't show mercy to will be, in fact, punished. And mm-hmm. so it's it's the balancing act, right, of all these attributes, mm-hmm. how mercy those... mm-hmm. how mercy falls into it. And... Mm-hmm. So like, I pulled up this quote by uh, Dr. Norman Geisler. He says, Mercy flows from God's attribute of goodness or love as grounded in his infinity and, and immutability. Since God is unlimited and unchangeable, then given that he is good, he must be infinitely and unchangeably good. Since mercy flows from God's goodness and since God is infinite, it follows God is infinitely and unchangeably merciful. Mm-hmm. And it is in his very nature to show mercy. He cannot, he cannot not be merciful, as God is a mercy 
as a necessary being, even so he must be necessary to be merciful. Mm-hmm. Were he not, then he would not be essentially good or loving. God is arbitrarily merciful. Or, I'm sorry, God is not arbitrarily merciful. Mm-hmm. So I think that quote is a, you know, a little bit more on the deeper side. Norman Geisler mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, quite the uh, academic. But uh, I think what it helps us understanding is how you know, some of these attributes are connected. And mm-hmm. it shows how he, by his nature, because he's loving and good, therefore, he is going mm-hmm. to be merciful towards his people. Yeah. And he shows mercy to he, to who he wants to show mercy. And that's the those outside of Christ, the impenitent, impenitent are children of wrath. And that's who we were. You know, mm-hmm. we were outside. We were by nature children of wrath. And um, those in Adam, the unregenerate human beings that we all are born into being, deserve divine condemnation, right? Mm-hmm. But because, and then we're, I remember R.C. Spool, but God, right? Oh, like, yep. But God, if mm-hmm. it wasn't for God's mercy and grace, we would still be, you know, dead in our trespasses and in the graveyard. So, um, which is why I am, mercy is one of my, it's just, I just fall back to it. Because if it wasn't for his mercy and love, it's just, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's well said. And, you know, we just, you see that all through scripture too. It's, you know, God could have easily wiped clean mm-hmm. his creation when Adam and Eve fell. And, and he yet, would be justified. And he would be so. perfectly just mm-hmm. and righteous in doing so. Mm-hmm. But God. Yeah. You know, he sacrifices the first animal to clothe mm-hmm. them. And mm-hmm. then, you know, promises in, in Genesis 3.15 about you know the future uh redeemer to come mm-hmm. and so i mean we, and that just is like the start of the evidence of god's mercy yeah like yeah even to noah or he was showing mercy to noah to mm-hmm. abraham he was showing mercy and grace to abraham jacob joseph isaac whoever yeah he showed by by his actions they were um he was merciful, you know, and gracious to save them and to show him and reveal himself to them. Yeah. Even when here in Deuteronomy 7, 9, uh, Moses writes, therefore know that the Lord, your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps the covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. see that just poured out. All through the Old Testament, God's mercy is being the staple of his character. Yeah. Um, but it's I want to ask... Yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Like that is by his mercy that he seeks out his own to save. Yep. You know? yep. And the mercy of God, even in the Old Testament, or the, you know, it's never changed. He's always been the same merciful God. Mm-hmm. You know? Because we see him as like this wrathful God in the Old Testament. But when you look at it, he is merciful. You know, he is gracious all along, old and new. You know, it's never been more. He's never been yeah. more merciful because he yep. doesn't change. So um, his mercy is 
infinite and it can't be less or more, you know, mm-hmm. there's no measurement to it. So, you, you know, what kind of bugs me a little bit about some of the modern day, you can call them philosophers or, um, or whatever you may want mm. to call them, that they make this distinguishment that the God of the Old Testament is wrathful and vengeful. Right. And then the God of the New Testament is a different God. And this actually brings right. into like a plurality of gods and a different view of, you know, that God is actually, you know, two different beings or right. that, you know, God and the devil are equal beings and they're fighting. It's just some, mm. you get in some wacky, <laughs> wacky theology, but, and it's all heresy, but. Right. Because like when Jesus says before Abraham, I am. Like mm-hmm. clearly that <laughs> Jesus was not like, um, not present in the old Testament. Do you know right. what I mean? Yep. And people say the same things about homosexuality and, you know, well, Jesus didn't say, well, who do you think? Yeah. Like <laughs> rain down fire like, yeah, on Sodom like, and Gomorrah. <laughs> um, they tried to put Jesus just in the New Testament and make yep. him this this rainbow butterfly, you know, hippie, yeah. teddy bear. Ugh. And I'm like, that's yep. not, yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh, boy. Well, it's just like that, uh, the page I shared on um, Instagram earlier this week. It was last week, I think, the... the, the um, yeah, and yeah. what's that? I can't think of the guy's name. He's a... Uh, the, the, oh, I don't even want to mention I don't his want name. To, I know. But he um, definitely... That, his page makes me... Like, I get, I, I get anxious just going on his page. I, I get I, angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolute blasphemous posts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, you can go and check out that post. And I don't think I tagged him, but you can see, like, the content. It's just a manipulative measure. But he... On some of his stuff, he draws in like how God just or Jesus frolics with gay sheep, and that's oh, his yeah. that's his like mantra. Is he draws the sheep to act as people, yeah. and then he, you know, has this concept that you know God loves all people. It's very universalist, um, mm-hmm. which isn't taught anywhere in Scripture, and it just is. It's quite frustrating for true biblical Christians to encounter this- that kind of stuff. And this is why it makes us look bad because it sounds like we're saying God doesn't like homosexuals. Like right. that's like exactly. far from what we're saying. That's not at all what we're saying, but that's yeah. what it comes across as mm-hmm. because just because we disagree with that, then people are going to think, Oh, so you're saying he doesn't No, right. That's not what we're saying. You know, right. yep. Yep. like and he died for sinners. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Cause w- that's the thing that the world wants to look at us and point the finger and say, well, aren't you just Mr. Perfect or Mrs. Perfect? Aren't you, you know, and, and I'm not, I mean, and I, I'm just because I'm not a homosexual doesn't mean I'm not a sinner. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. My sin just looked different, you know, exactly. yep. looks, looks different. You know, I'm yep. not a, I'm not sinless and yep. uh, we struggle daily. And, but that doesn't mean that, you know, a certain sin is okay and that he's okay with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't pardon some sin. You know, here's, here's, here's a quick story. So <laughs> I was um, looking at uh, going to school in Columbia, South Carolina, and I got into a bit of a debate with the campus pastor and oh. 
over over the concept of homosexuality. And I said, well, how can we justify, you know, allowing homosexuality or call it to be a norm when in, in scripture, Paul and even Christ makes the statements that it's not, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus talks specifically about marriage um, in all of the gospels around husband and wife. And then you've got Paul who makes that, you know, the, the declaration in first Corinthians and Romans about, um, you know, the, the, the state of living in sin. And it, you know, he includes other sins. It's not just targeting homosexuality, but no. he, tar- he groups it in with all of these other ungodly yeah. sins. And his response to me was, well, there's just some sin that we should tighten the reins on and others that we should loosen the reins on. Oh. And I'm well, like... This is the pastor? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. So... If, I don't if, understand. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, so what you're saying is, if I decided to go and steal stuff, and, and it's my subjective truth to say, well, Jesus never really spoke against this particular type of theft, mm-hmm. so it must be okay. Or if you really needed it, it's okay. Yeah, if I really needed that bank money, it's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. I, but And this is the type of garbage that's being taught to seminary students, and it's the type of garbage that is being pushed down into the church. And this is why so many denominations are literally falling apart. I mean, yeah. we, we know that the ELCA Lutherans are long gone. They are completely just heretical. Mm. Side note to that, they released a statement that they're going to start publishing works that uh, have God in the feminine pronoun. No. Mm. Yep. yep. That's coming. And then you've got the SBC, which this week has seemingly imploded around J.D. Green's comments. Um, you know, and then the Methodists are going to split um, because some are biblical and others are not. Mm-hmm. And so it's just it's a continual fire inside yeah. of the church. And so the world looks at us like, you know, we're a bunch of hypocrites because, mm-hmm. oh, you guys are Christians. You should, you know not sin but that's not the case yeah we all have our problems we all you know and even whether you stand for homosexuality or approve of it or you know you consider yourself progressive or liberal you know you're you're walking hand in hand with the world's motives and at the end of the day god will still show you mercy though yes well (laughs) she's agreeing yeah she is (laughs) <laughs> or her uh, or her iPad is broken. <laughs> oh. so whatever she's playing with, whatever game she's playing on, it's uh, not cooperating with her. So that's the good stuff. That's how we roll in this house. So yeah, she's she's smart though. For two years old, this kid can work. Uh, this we got her got her this little um, Amazon. Uh, it's the uh, Kindle Fire. Yeah. Uh, we gave that we got that for her to kind of play around at the house for for an hour or two a day, yeah. And she she just loves it. She's 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 much smarter at that than I am. And her her iPad, she's when we um, travel, we get her uh, shows on on YouTube, and then she watches shows, and she's just she's a so content cute. little child. So I love her. She's yeah. so sweet. All her mom's qualities for all of you listeners. <laughs> <laughs> <Unabhined>. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, mm-hmm. God's mercy. So, what else we got here? I mean, we've got. I mean, this, this is a bucket that's just seemingly endless. So, mm-hmm. and I think one thing that is important to understand and fathom as believers or as people even is that God is not obligated to show mm. me mercy. You mm-hmm. know, like nope. then that wouldn't be mercy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if it was um, always, it would never be mercy. Yeah, and God isn't obligated to save anyone or to show us um, sinners goodness, like in any capacity, you know, this common grace that we have. He's not obligated to show us mercy, goodness um, to those who, you know, we just, we deserve hell and nothing else. But I don't think we realize it, even as believers. Sometimes yeah. we forget that... Um, it's God's mercy that I'm awake right now, that I have breath in my lungs, that I can walk, you know, that I can talk, that I can breathe. Mm-hmm. Like the, and I think one thing that I'm always like, again, why it's mercy for me mostly is because I always think back. I'm like, I could have been raised a Muslim right now in Iran. Like I could have been um, married to a Muslim right now. I could have not have left that country, do you know, yeah. and. Yep. I know people in that country, and it's horrible right now to live there. I know mm-hmm. family members who are doing everything in, in their power to wanting to leave. I know Christians who can't even, I know family members who want to, you know, there are people who are Christians in Iran who go and bring Bibles to people. And these family members of mine, they can't even have a Bible because one of the other family members or the husbands or whatever will find it. Mm-hmm. And we'll call authorities on them. And I'm wow. like, that could have been me, you know? And I'm like, just like, I look back at my life. I'm like, I have no idea how I got here. But yeah. it was just God's mercy. I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing else. I did nothing to deserve to be saved, to be in this country that I am in, you know? So it's just, and all the stupid things that I've done, um, how he saved me from... Um, harm you know by his mercy he kept me safe from so many stupid stuff like it's just crazy you look at it and you're i'm just in shock i'm like i don't know how i've even survived to this point so yeah you know you you brought up a good point because it's you know the breath in our lungs the very breath we take the very words we speak you know the time we spend with our family even the time we spend at work is a showing of his mercy to us that Mm -hmm. he has blessed us with what we have in front of us and mm-hmm. you know I, i'll be i'll admit sometimes i get guilty of trying to you know push for a change you know ch- you know uh you know, i want not necessarily i want more mm-hmm. because i'm i'm content with where i'm at in terms of like you know ma- material items and that or mm-hmm. but it you know like i want to go into ministry and I know that God is still conditioning me in some aspects mm-hmm. and potentially can be for a little bit longer. And, yeah. and I think it's his mercy that I haven't because, you know, yeah. I haven't transitioned fully because, you know, it, not that I would be eaten up or, you know, destroyed in it, but I would, I would definitely have some hardships if I don't take the time to train myself properly. Yeah. And yeah. So it, it really is his mercy at just every level and every facet. Yeah. And, and you brought up another point, too, about, you know, those over in Iran and Iraq and, 
yeah. know, not not having Bibles. Um, I watched a movie a while back. It's called uh, Tortured for Christ. Mm. Is that it? No, that's a different one. That's a good movie, though. Go watch it. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's uh, sounds uh, very uplifting. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's a story about uh, this this pastor. I think it's in like World War II setting, and he's about uh, um, he gets captured by uh, an enemy country that, that invaded his country, and he gets tortured for being a Christian. I, I forget this uh, the whole per, you know the whole reasoning behind it. it's good they did a, wrote a book about it and did a movie um, yeah recently so the one I'm thinking about is called the insanity of God and uh, Nick Ripkin is a missionary him and his family he lived overseas for a number number of years mm-hmm. and he tells a story about a Russian who um, came to know Christ and and at, during the communist regime in Russia, you could not have any Bibles. Otherwise, they right. put you in prison and torture you and kill you. Yeah. And this man uh, was captured because he was running small underground churches. And they found him out and took him to prison. And he, you know, obviously couldn't see a Bible. But mm-hmm. he would have people in the yard that would pass him paper and a pencil and he mm-hmm. would write down verses that he had memorized and he would hide them in his cell yeah. and read them. And then he would write down like hymns. Mm. And then when the guards caught him, they would beat him. Wow. And I mean, he was just a wreck. He, he ended up surviving. And that's how, you know, obviously how the story is told. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, it just shows God's mercy that he was able to remember and have such a memory because he was just writing down all of these promises from Christ mm-hmm. and going on about how, um, you know, the guards would torture him and beat him. And at one point they threatened that they had his wife and uh, actually drug, uh, they put a bag over her head and drug a female past his cell that looked like his wife. And they oh. said that they're going to kill her if he doesn't renounce his religion and he never, never did. Mm-hmm. And so it wow. was, it's a, it's a, it's a, I mean, it, that story to me just is like, that is what it means to live for Christ mm-hmm. amongst persecution. But it also shows that God's mercy is so extensive that he kept this man and yeah. kept his faith and kept giving him the energy to, to, to work through each day. Yes. Yes. He does. But I can't even imagine because that happens in Iran. You know, mm-hmm. people are, um, I always think I'm like, oh my goodness. Like if I was to, cause I can't, I basically cannot go back to Iran right now because mm-hmm. obviously I'm a Christian and, um, just by my tattoos alone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm like, if I was asked, you know, you know, convert back to Islam, Mm-hmm. there's no way I could, I think I would, I, I would have to die because I can't, there's no way I would be able to do it. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's not a possibility. And it's, it, it's, you gain nothing by doing that. You lose everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, to live as Christ and to die is gain. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting that the quote kind of surfaces every once in a while on Instagram. It says, everybody wants to be a Christian until it requires work mm-hmm. or, requires sacrifice or you know whatever the it requires x and i think that's 
perfect in pretty much any situation because everybody in the United States wants to claim they believe in God or that they are good enough to go to heaven or, or whatnot. But, you know, if push comes to shove at the first showing of persecution, they flee. Yeah. Um, Some will hang in there and, you know, we'll, we'll tolerate seasons of persecution. And then, but once it becomes physical or, you know, uh, potentially threatening to the family, you know, they'll, they'll renounce it real quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really just true Christians that God holds in his hands that uh, he'll never abandon them. And it's only, again, by his grace that, and mercy that he does mm-hmm. keep someone, right? Like, if it was up to me, I'd probably renounce it. Yeah. Right? yeah. But because he's promised eternal life to me and that he will keep me to the mm-hmm. end, and it's not because of my work, because of his, he's praying for me. He's keeping me mm-hmm. in his right. So it's like, even us not denouncing our faith is attributed to his goodness, you know, yeah. because he's the one that keeps us. So, yeah, we just can't take credit for anything. So, no, nope, not at all. And it saddens, saddens me when I see people, you know, especially in the, the big circles of, you know, these movements where, you know, I chose Jesus. I invited him right. into my heart and, you know, right. blah, blah, blah. Okay, buddy. No, you didn't. <laughs> there was, this reminds me in my old church. Even then, I thought it was weird. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a song called, I Found Jesus. Oh, and that's yeah. how it goes. I yeah. found Jesus. And I'm like, um, no, I wasn't didn't. looking. I wasn't even looking <laughs> <Yeah>. for him. <laughs> yeah. Paul, Paul made that pretty clear that nobody seeks out God. You know, even yeah. David writes that in the Psalms that nobody seeks God. It's like, and you know what's funny? I had a friend from Denmark visit me, and I used to go to that church. And um, she, she one day, she her boyfriend was with her, and she, he wore a shirt that said, "I found Jesus." I mean, mm-hmm. there there was a cap, there was a couch, mm-hmm. and Jesus was behind the couch, right? <laughs> and it, yeah, I'm not. Kidding. Oh my goodness! And, yeah, totally blasphemous. And he's like, he's like, I'm going to wear this to church. And I look at it. And I'm like, well, your theology sounds about right because that's what they're saying. That's exactly but what it is. is yep. I was like, no, you need to change that shirt, right? I cannot have you mm. wear that. <laughs> that's how stupid it is. It is, yeah. When you're that- singing a worship song that says, I found Jesus, what's the problem with wearing a shirt with that- Jesus hiding behind the couch or a curtain? Yeah. And you know, like Yep, well, we found him. There he was. He was hiding the whole time, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know, you could even go to the other side of the, the, the equation and get to pe- get to the churches that say uh you know, to this there's another fringe out there that, you know, oh, we bound Satan this week. Oh, you did, huh? Then why <laughs> why did you let him go from the last time you bound him? <laughs> Or, and then Justin Peters like find the one that let him go and bind him and bind them. Yeah, he's the problem. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, I, it's silly. It's just silliness. You know, I I was going through my my old post today because I I had some. I remember back in the fall of 2018, I did a weeks long run on false teachers and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, those got, are fun those are fun times it was i got yeah. so much blowback and hate mail <laughs> that i have considered doing it again <laughs> i i like to invite punishment into my life i guess um, 
But I was, you know, looking back because I was actually, uh, I had some posts then that I wanted to snag and, and reposition. Mm-hmm. And I was, I just so happened to hit that, that time period. And I was just like, just utterly disgusted because this is, it's just straight heresy. It's blasphemy. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it, here's another thing too. Obviously, all of this can go back to God's mercy allowing these churches to continue because in them are saved people. You know, yeah. uh, you're an example of it. Paul, what came out of a charismatic church? Yeah, Anthony came out of a uh, Roman Catholicism. Um, you know, I CC. CC. Yeah, I mean, so a whole bunch of us. Yeah, we all came out. I I didn't, but. I'm, I guess I'm the black sheep in the group. I just didn't go to church, period. So, <laughs> um, but you know, there's, there's still saved people. And so God's mercy on these false teachers is, is just astonishing because yeah. in, in, as uh, it Deuteronomy where God rains fire down on the, the two um, sons of Aaron because they decided to, to try to worship him with a different fire, with strange yeah. fire. I mean, God is just like not having it. And he's just like, all yeah. right, you two are dead. Yeah. And then you speed up to Acts when, um, oh, I can't even think of the two people, uh, the husband and wife that sell their land, take it to Peter. Yeah, and, and life. And, life. And, yeah. and then they drop dead. Yeah. It's like, God doesn't mess around, but his mercy is so extensive that we take it as him being, you know, slothful or lazy. And yeah, or, or that he doesn't even care. Yeah. And yeah. in reality, he does. And his final judgment, oh, goodness, is going to just be frightening for those people. Yeah, it's um, – I really – like it frightens me because especially for the pastors and the teachers who are held responsible, you know, um, more than um, the people who are not teachers of mm-hmm. the scriptures. And it just scares me for them. It really breaks my heart to see yeah. that because, because I look at it and I'm like, I, like I look back and I'm like, how can this pastor not see that what he's saying is 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 wrong just even just looking at it from like let's say we're talking about financially right telling Mm. a widow that you need to put your money on your visa card Mm. just looking at it from a man's point just forget it forget that he's a pastor just look at it from a human perspective you look at someone they're saying they don't have the money to pay for groceries or um, or their rent, but that they're paying their tithes to you on their visa. And that it's, and as a human being, the first thing I would look at and say, how can I help you? Like, what is happening in your life that you don't have money for groceries? But yeah. no, you disregard that and you say, put it on your visa and um, God will provide. Yeah. That's scary to me. That to me, something's off. Like the it fact is. that you don't have, you don't have compassion. You don't, you're not thinking about the person's needs as a shepherd. Mm-hmm. That scares me for that person that I'm scared for that person's soul because how, where are you spiritually yeah. that you don't care? You know, that, that you would challenge 
you know, uh, an elderly couple or an older person who has no understanding yeah. uh, of the repercussions and then, you know, have them say, you know what, we need your $200 this week. Uh, you can pay a visa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's scary to me. It's really it like mind boggling. And it these is. are pastors of yep. huge churches. Yep. I, I had a run in um, the other day with a different type of false teacher. And this is an equally as dangerous um, but, but more, you know, same level of manipulation, right? It's um, coercing you into an action that is unbiblical. And so what he was saying, uh, I don't know if I shared it with you guys, but um, I came across it because it was a sponsored link. And okay. he was talking about how uh, when Jesus came to earth, he noticed that there was this discrepancy between the Jews and the Samaritans. And Jesus says, this is the guy saying, Jesus says, I'm going to fix this. Okay. And so, <laughs> so then he changes the tone and says, this is what God is telling us. That, and it was a Black Lives Matter uh, racist, you know, mm. racism and social injustice position. Right. That uh, God is telling you... Um, that uh, you can go and be the change, that you can go out and, you know, change the world. And so I asked him simply, I just said, hey, I'm just curious, can you point me to the scripture where Jesus says that? And then I'm like, does that kind of go against what God says in Daniel 2, where God raises up kings and is... God over them or in our view of Romans 13 where Paul tells us to obey you know or you know to be cordial citizens essentially right not to be the, you know those who are writing and looting and pillaging mm-hmm. and plundering mm-hmm. yeah he blocked me instantly without oh. without even <laughs> without even challenging or asking or answering just mm-hmm. straight up blocked me mm-hmm. so then I got my back out backup page out I have a secret backup page, ladies and gentlemen. And I just go and I said, hey, uh, I was going through this and I noticed you happened to delete a comment earlier from somebody else. Could you explain why? Mm-hmm. Instantly blocked. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and it no. wasn't it wasn't even like trying to incite an argument or a debate. I just legitimately wanted him to answer for the, the ridiculous blasphemy that he's preaching because he's inciting the fact that we should pick up and go charging into the world as Christians. And, you know, and that again is fearful because you're leading these souls straight to hell. And I just had a discussion with someone today and it was about, this is where, where the miscommunication comes in is that they think we're saying, well, we Christians just go to the church. We get, we want the church to preach the gospel. We want the church to preach the word of God. And that's how things are going to change. We're not saying that Christians shouldn't be Christ in the world. Like we are his hands, we're his feet, his mouth. Like we are to be useful. But if we're not preaching the gospel alongside of it, if we're not sharing the truth, then we're useless. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like nobody is saying that Christians should just sit at home and not do anything and just Bible thump people in the head and say, no, you don't need to march. You just need the Bible. Like, we're not saying that. We need to be 
there for people who are weeping, there for people who need financial help, there for people, whoever they are. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Whether yep. they're gay, yep. whether they're single, married, whoever, in mm -hmm. any, any nationality, any background, poor, rich, if they need your help and you're a Christian, you're obligated to help as a Christian. Do you yep. know what I mean? If yep. you can, help. Absolutely. But if you just help without preaching the gospel to them, that's just putting a Band-Aid over a, broken a wound that needs <laughs> surgery. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yep. you can't do that. And it's, we're not saying that. And that's when churches that mix the social gospel, um, social justice gospel with the, you know, with preaching of the gospel. Mm -hmm. You can't, you sh preach the gospel, people will be changed and yep. they will go out and then there will be a change in people's lives. Yep, and it's but they they don't want that. They don't nope. want the gospel. They just want the change. Yep. And we're like, what? No. Yeah, That's they, never they... gonna change. You're yep. always gonna have sin. Yep. Racism is a sin. You know, everything that is not of God and that goes against God is a sin. Mm -hmm. And the remedy to it is the gospel. You have As a stony it... heart, it needs to be changed, and exactly. only God can change it. Exactly. And they want us to be like Bill Gates, but not preach the gospel. Like, you know, all Christians yeah. should be wealthy and donate everything we've got to the world and help the world and cure hunger and cure famine and diseases and all this stuff and solve yeah. the hoax of climate change. And uh, uh, yeah. but they don't want to hear about Christ. No. So, you know, and one of my friends actually sent me something. He said, um, let me see what he said. I really liked what he said. He said, social justice seeks to start from a place of getting their wants and needs met. They do it independent of the gospel. They demand change with no recognition of their sinful nature. They demand accountability from others while refusing to be accountable to the king of kings. So it's like, you don't want to acknowledge that you're sinful. You don't want to do any of that. But you want other people to acknowledge that they're doing something wrong mm -hmm. too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's so complicated and such a mess, but then it's so simple because the gospel is the answer. Yep. <laughs> it's, it, it is mind boggling, but you know, we, we just keep fighting this every day. And despite what we get called on social media, despite what people may say to us, to our faces, you know, we have to show them compassion and mercy because we were once like that. And exactly. That's the thing. Like people who are not wanting to hear the gospel, that was me. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yep. I didn't want to hear when my mom was sharing the gospel, the, the, anything from the Bible with me. I was annoyed with her. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to hear it. But then she kept going. She kept going in love with patience. And one day it just hit, you know, mm -hmm. and. Yep. Now look at you. You're like blown up. Oh, please. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> hey, I'm not blown up. People think I'm a dude. Okay. Yeah. So basically it's working because it's not about me. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the best way to go about it. That's well, awesome. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's just, it's crazy. Cause it, like the, the day I changed my, I updated my profile pic, uh, on my page like i get like six messages from women who don't follow me they're like hey how are you <laughs> and i'm like like first of all if you're dming me you got problems <laughs> second of all 
<laughs> not happening, lady. You want to talk about Christ? Let's talk about Jesus Christ. But it's not their fault they find you attractive. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. I actually had somebody. Um, they followed me, and they had no um, no profile pic. And I don't like normally. I'm like, yeah, most I don't care because I get a lot of like new accounts or you know they're yeah. looking for Christian pages and stuff. And this one follows me like a week prior, and then sends me a message. And says, hey. And I was like, hello. <laughs> and they're like, what's up? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> and then like a day goes by. And then they're like, what kind of women do you like? Oh and I'm like, God. I'm She's married. Blonde. She's blonde. Yeah. Like blonde, blue hair. Blue hair, there it is. Blue eyes. Um, you know, my 100% German woman uh, that I married. <laughs> No, I, I just don't get it. And I'm like, I, I made it very specific in my bio that I am a father and I am married. No, it doesn't matter. doesn't nope. matter. I put happily married and I still get, hey, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're hey, sirring you to try to hit on you, there's some other problems in that simple life of those people. <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. I mean, it doesn't matter. I could film myself and people would still think it's, you know, I really think it's because people think mostly men know theology or something. I don't know. Yeah. But even on my Facebook page, it's always, hey, brother, sir, sir, mm -hmm. are you a pastor? I'm like, nope, nope. Mm. Yeah. Well, there was that one a while back. They're like, hey, brother. And then they said something. I just replied, my case, sister. And it's clearly <laughs> dude in the picture. I'm like, <laughs> See, it's this it's this type of ignorance that just oh boy, you know, oh boy, for every joke in the background, kid. Yeah. So, well, yeah. we have. I will. I will throw it back at you. Yeah. Uh, if there's any one more topic or one more piece in your notes that you want to make sure you cover as we close out this show. Um, you know, as an ex-Muslim, one thing that always strikes with me is that the mercy of God comes to us without us deserving it. And as a Muslim, you have to work. You have to work forever. You don't, like, even when you've done all the good, you don't, you still don't know if you're going to heaven or not. So you're just hoping that God's in a good mood and that your good works will outweigh your bad works. And, um, and that's one thing that, I am so grateful that's not the God of the Bible, that nothing I do will ever earn me the right to get into heaven. So I just, um, you know, and the thing is, we, when we go to God with all our good works, right, we think we can say, I deserve this or that, mm. you know, look at all the things I've done, how much I've given or whatever. But we, the thing is, we have, as, sinners who go to Christ, we have to go empty handed to receive his mercy. So, and that, that's good news because, you know, there's nothing you can do. There's not enough, you know, never enough mm -hmm. that you can that, do to earn his mercy and grace and forgiveness. Yeah. And, and what think, better news, right? You yeah. You have to go empty handed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause there's nothing that he wants. No. And I think, I don't know if you said it early on in the show, but I know you quoted from Ephesians, but this is 
chapter 4, 31 and 32. Mm. And Paul writes, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Mm-hmm. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Mm-hmm. And I read something like that, and it's like the gut punch to eternity because here we are bickering and fighting over secondary doctrine or mm-hmm. something that's just not necessarily important in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And. You know, we're, we we cause division because of it. We get angry and speak evil of other people. And yet here yeah. Paul's writing that even though you are like that, God still forgives you. Yeah. That is That's just good. pure mercy on his part. Yeah, absolutely. And, and my life, go ahead. And yeah, it just, it's when we recognize that we have nothing to offer God, like the, the tax collector, you know, Mm -hmm. God be merciful to me, a sinner. Mm -hmm. Only then are we justified. Do you know what I mean? When we, we go, what is it? Hebrews uh, 4, 16. Hold on. Let me see. Um, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help uh, in time of need. And that's, that's just, that's good news to me. Yeah. And I think, you know, bringing up the tax collector and the Pharisee, David in Psalm 51, right, cries out, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me of my sin. You know, you look at these texts and you're just, it just blows you away that, you know, even the people in the Bible cry out to God for mercy. Mm-hmm. Even though we know as re- reading the Bible, we can say that God is full of mercy and he's has mercy on me, but we still even today cry out, God have mercy on me. I've sinned. I have mm-hmm. caused you, you know, pain. And and I think knowing that his mercy far exceeds any sin that we could ever commit is yeah. the most comforting piece a Christian can take home with them. Yes, which is only offered in Christianity, in yeah. biblical Christianity. Yep. Yeah, biblical being the key word to that. Right. right. Biblical. <laughs> right. So any, uh, any last pieces of uh, advice or anything you want to si- send off the listeners with? Oh, um, no, just read the word and stay... Um, Faithful to biblical Christianity and don't um, don't <laughs> don't buy the the lies of uh, the Word of Faith, the mm-hmm. NAR, the um, Roman Catholicism, or mm-hmm. there. It's you know it's pe- the thing is people don't want to they they like I have people who obviously are in the charismatic movement and all that, and I want to say I'm not saying everybody in the charismatic movement aren't believers I'm, I've never said that I'm not I'm not saying people are unbelievers in the charismatic movement uh, I don't think you would say there's no. unsaved like you know what I mean they're all right. unsaved mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but one thing they don't do is when I first came to understand why that movement movement is not biblical and it's not faithful to biblical Christianity it's because I did research I mm-hmm. watched I I can say hundreds of videos. I read books and I 
you know, I did, I went to the Bible and I'm like, well, that makes sense. Like what they're saying makes sense, you know? <laughs> and it's like with, um, I, we were talking with CC today, right? With that mm-hmm. uh, Roman, the Roman Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if they just, if you, if you send them that um, Leonardo the Chirico, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but he, he, he is a reformed pastor and he, he works in, I believe he lives in Rome and um, he speaks about Roman Catholicism and why it's not biblical. So if people would just give a few of these things and listen with an open heart to just actually eat it up and understand what he's saying, they don't though, right? You send them the videos they don't even look at it. Yeah. So, and all these charismatic people, when you talk about Todd White, when you talk about, hmm. I mean, I had a yeah. girl from my old church that said that um, she watched American gospel and it really moved her. And I was like, I was in tears. Cause I'm like, look, like she actually sat down with an open heart and this, she was not, she wasn't, she was not for me. You know, it, she wasn't very like, supportive in a way to say that oh yeah what you're doing is perfectly good or I'm, I'm behind you she we would have discussions about this and that but she actually sat down and listened and watched and God is moving in her life and showing her things and if people would just be open to wanting to know the truth and not be so defensive you know it would change. It would change their um, understanding of yep. why we're saying certain things are not biblical. That's true. Yep. And and that's it. I mean, it's what it boils down to is, you know, if we provide resources to somebody, you know, we do it out of love and compassion. Yeah. We're not doing it to just beat you down with truth. It, it, we're literally spending hours doing. Sometimes when people are messaging me, I spend hours with some people talking yeah. to them. Oh, sending yeah. them, you know, Ligonier articles or videos or, you know, we, it's not, if I didn't care, do you think I, I don't make money off of Instagram. I, I spend money. You, you don't? Where, <laughs> where have you been? I'm, I'm rolling in the dough over here. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I don't think people understand. Like, yep. I yep. don't do it for fame. Obviously I'm a dude. So like, so it's just like. <laughs> Yeah, it just it's keeps not, going. It's not about us. It's, right. We're not doing it for fame. We're not doing it for money. So it must be for the glory of God alone. And that's what exactly. is that's what is for. Exactly. And that's that's what it boils down to, right? It's it's this isn't about us. It's about the glory no. of God. It's about God getting, you know, the due respect that he deserves from mankind and how man should, you know, react and relate to God. And, uh, and yeah, I think, and... I think a right understanding of his mercy is where that falls into, because if, yes. if we can't understand his mercy, then, you know, we can't understand who God is. Yeah. And we just think he's some vengeful, hateful God. Yeah. yeah. You know, no different than the Greek gods of old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, that brings us to the end of our show and, uh, you know, we, we, dipped into some scripture and we talked a lot about your experience and how you've seen God being merciful to you. And that I think is great conversation. And mm-hmm. then we side tailed it into some false teaching, which is never a bad thing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, cause sometimes, you know, these conversations just move that way and that's perfectly fine. So, 
Um, I, I again, thank you for coming on and taking the time out of your morning to, uh, to jump in here and, and get this recorded. And for My all pleasure. you listening, where can they find you on Instagram and Facebook? Biblical and Reformed. Picture looks like Chris Rosenborough. So. <laughs> <laughs> Roseboro. And no. Rosenborough. It's... <laughs> Um, oh my I'm goodness terrible. Oh, no. i'm terrible uh, yeah so yeah um make sure you give has to follow and uh follow her don't call her a dude because <laughs> then you'll get the full wrath of everything else so <laughs> i'm pretty nice about it I yeah we, we 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 have jokes it's fun <laughs> so we, we won't beat you up too bad but yeah but no to be honest, I've had people who asked me questions and I've answered them. And this whole time they thought I was Chris Roseborough. And then at the end, I had to break to them. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. I'm not him. And we've laughed so much. <laughs> oh, man. The, the people have taken it well, too. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty funny that they would think that they've been talking to Chris Roseborough this whole time. But it was you know, housewife. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because he's. You know, he's on Twitter um, and he's yeah. usually slinging with uh, some of the guys on Twitter. And and then, uh, you know, he posts his photography stuff on Instagram, but I, he doesn't really talk to people there. But no, no, he um, doesn't. Yeah. yeah. I actually had a brief conversation with him via email. I I'm not say. jealous. Yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say on what topic because uh, there will probably be hate mail. Uh, oh com- gosh! Coming my way. So. I think I know. I think I know. I think I know. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. It's only for a few select people. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's a super cool guy. He's awesome. So, yeah. But uh, so yeah, again, thank you for jumping Thanks on. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'm sure everybody will enjoy this episode. It's uh, lighthearted and very entertaining, and <laughs> dropping truth bombs all along the way. So, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you give her a follow and um, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and whatever other platforms you use. But iTunes gives me the most visibility and make sure you rate and review uh, the podcast so I can continue to grow this and get uh, some more visibility and hopefully reach some of those people in the charismatic circles and Roman Catholicism and all that. And, you know, try to teach them some true biblical theology. So that's it for me, ladies and gentlemen. You all have a great weekend and stay reformed. God bless. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.